this week as I was preparing for my message, I really started feeling a burden for things that are broken. Those things that are being in our life that aren't like we thought they would turn out to be. And, and as I was led down that path, and this video is really um, demonstrative of that, of this things look pretty, and then all of a sudden they're shattered, and then they're, all of a sudden there's brokenness, and there's all of these things. And, and many of us will find ourselves at that place at different times in our lives. And I wanted it to really start to shape how we view that and how we approach that. If you'll turn in your Bibles with me to John chapter 5, here's a story that Jesus is walking, and he's ministering from place to place, and here we see that he walked into Jerusalem. He walked in a particular gate by the pool, and this pool is called Bethesda. And what happened there historically is it's this big, like Olympic-sized pool kind of thing, if I can paint the picture in your mind. And what happens is, ever so often, and they had no rhyme or reason or when it happened, but the angel of God would come down and he would just like stir, put his finger in the pool and he'd stir it around. And the first people into the pool that were uh, sick and needed healing and were you know, not able to move or do anything, uh, you know, the, the really incapacitated people, the first ones into the pool when the angel was stirring, I mean, it's kind of crazy, the stories that are in the Bible. But the first ones that could get into the pool, they got healed. And this is just what happened all the time. So that's where Jesus walks up. So we see in chapter 2, there's five porticos. There's where they were. And in these lay the multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered. And so verse 5, the man was there who had been ill for 38 years. 38 years he had been sitting by the pool ready to jump in. And Jesus came up to him, and he saw him lying there, verse 6, and said, he knew that he'd been laying there for a long time. And he said to him, do you wish to get well? Now, that's kind of a crazy question to ask somebody for 38 years who've been sitting by the pool. And he goes on to tell Jesus, he goes, I do want to get well, but the problem is every time the angel shows up, there's so many people in front of me, and I can't move that fast. And everybody else gets in there before I do. But I started looking into that word, and that word well means to be sound, whole, and healthy. Remember that. Sound, whole, and healthy. Now, isn't that how we need to do? Isn't that how we need to be? Someone asks you, how are you doing? The proper English is to say, I am well. Which literally means I'm sound, I'm whole, and I'm healthy. Good, of course, is not the proper English way as my English teacher in high school so brilliantly drilled into me. Hope today, after today's message, when someone asks you, how are you, and you say, I am, you're going to say, well, you have proper English. But I want you to remember that it means that I'm sound, I'm whole, I'm healthy. Jesus told him to come on. In verse 9, it says, immediately the man became well, the same word, immediately he became sound, whole, and healthy, and he picked up his pallet that he was carried in on, and he began to walk. It was an amazing story that Jesus is just walking by this place, saw this guy, saw that he's old, and knew that he'd been there for a long time, 
Now, Jesus is somewhere between 30 and 33 years old himself. So he's pretty close to the same age group as Jesus. And very likely, all the times that Jesus come in and out of the synagogue, he's seen this guy. I used to go to, we had a job that we were doing, um, doing tile in, in Orlando. And because we we're so far from the church that we were part of, we started going to Benny Hinn's church when he was still in Orlando. And I got a chance to sit under Pastor Benny for quite a while. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. I know people say stories about him. I've been in his church. I was part of his worship team for a period of time. And I'm telling you, that man's legit. And the power that is there, I could tell you stories. That's firsthand that would be like, you'll never change my mind. But one of the times he was talking, he preached a message about being healed or being healthy. And it really stuck with me that this 20 some odd years later, 25, 26 years later, I still remember that message. And he said, if you need healing, that's something that comes on you and you can lose that. So some people get healed and then later on in life, they'll have the same thing that comes back upon them. And, and it's like, well, well, why did that happen? Well, because healing can be temporary. Healing can come and you can lose it. Like I can get a coin in my hand and I can lose it. He goes, but health is permanent. He says, so when you're asking God for a miracle in your life, don't just ask for healing ask for health. And that resounded inside of me when it said, Jesus says, do you wish to get sound, well, and healthy? Jesus didn't say, hey, do you just want to be healed? Do you want to be okay today? And it says, and Jesus made him well. He immediately became well. He immediately, it's a permanent solution that happened to him. We need to be sound, whole, and healthy. But can I tell you, in the Hebrew, of course, that's where um, Jesus and the Bible and the Old Testament was written in. The, the Hebrew has a word for that as well. Any idea what it is? I bet you don't know this unless you've heard this kind of message before. It's the word shalom. But it's the same greeting that we would say, hey, how are you doing today? And you say, I am. Come on, everybody with me. I am. Well, they say Shalom. Shalom means, and I put the definition up here for you, it means completeness, soundness, welfare, and peace. Breaks down, it means I'm complete. Safety and soundness, sound familiar to what Jesus asked him if he's wanting this? Your welfare, your health, and your prosperity, your peace, quiet, tranquility, contentment. You have peace and friendships of human relationships and with God peace from war, and peace just as an adjective. I love that. It just, it like covers everything. So I'm at peace completely. Completeness, soundness, welfare, and peace, shalom. Now I'm not asking you to start becoming Jewish and every time somebody says, hey, how are you? Shalom. I mean, I'm not asking you to get weird, but I'm saying this is in the Bible. In the New Testament, Jesus says, hey, do you want to be well? Do you want to have soundness? Do you want to be completely healthy? And it's in the Old Testament as well. So today's message, I've entitled vulnerability because you'll see that in a minute, but it could just as easily be called peace. Because as you will see, it's about the peace of God. 
that covers all of these areas of our life. Now, what would your life be like if you were complete? That there was nothing missing and nothing was broken. That's also a short definition of this. If there's safety and soundness in your body, if you have welfare, that you're, everything financially is fine, that you're, you have health and your prosperity, your peace and quiet, there's tranquility in your soul, there's contentment, you have peace in your friendships with human relationships, everybody around you you're happy with, everybody's happy with you, and you're happy with God, and God's happy with you, you're peace for more, and just overall, it just covers up that you're just completely at peace. Wouldn't that be amazing life? But isn't that kind of what Jesus said in John 10, 10 that I come back to over and over and over again because I believe it's what is our life scripture that should be for every one of us. He says, the enemy's coming to rob, kill, and steal from you, but I'm come to give you life to the full. Life to the full, doesn't that sound a whole lot like completeness, soundness, welfare, or sound, whole, and healthy. That's what Jesus is offering us. But can I tell you, this doesn't just come just by saying, okay, shalom. It doesn't just come by saying, how are you? And saying, well, because can't you put this fake thing and go, I'm fine, and not be fine? Can't that great definition not be true in our life? See, in totality, it encompasses nothing missing, nothing broken. Nothing missing, and nothing's broken. Yet so many of us find that there are things missing from our lives. And many of us would say there are things that are broken in our life. This week, my wife posted on social media. She's getting pretty good at that, if you guys are noticing. She's posting like a couple times a day. I'm so proud of her. She's finally getting this whole social media thing. But she posted this thing, and I wanted to bring it to you this morning. She said, the broken thing that you keep trying to put back together is keeping your life from that beautiful thing that is waiting to be built. I want you to think about that. There's things that are broken in all of us, and we keep trying to fix it, and it's actually potentially keeping us from the true. Psalm 34, David says, and he's crying out, he says, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. So when you find yourself in a place that you need help, you need God, call out to him. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close, verse 18, to the brokenhearted. Those that there's brokenness, things that are broken, there's things that are missing. And he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Now, this is for all the religious people who think that everything should be perfect for a Christian. Verse 19, the righteous person faces many troubles. (laughs) He's not sugarcoating it at all. So people are like, oh, you're going to accept Christ and it's just going to be a bed of roses. No, there's still thorns with the roses. You're going to face many troubles. But the Lord comes to rescue each time. Remember, the thing that I will tell you over and over again, as a pastor, my heart isn't to solve all your problems. My goal is to teach you of the God that is there to come to your rescue every time, to point you to him, to have a personal relationship with him. 
David kind of forgot what he wrote in on Psalm 34. In Psalm 69, he says, God, you know the shame people are attacking him. Maybe this is you. Maybe you'd say, man, all these people are coming against me, and they, they're scorning me, and there's disgrace. And Lord, you see all that my enemies are doing. Their insults have broken my heart. He just said that God's there for the, the broken heart, and now he's like, here, God, they've broken my heart, and I'm in despair. Maybe that's you this morning, you would say. Those people around me, they've really hurt me. Maybe it's a family member. that they, Their words just cut me to the bone, just cuts me to the core. God, I'm in despair. I don't even know what to do. I love this. If only one person would show me some pity, if only one would turn and comfort me, isn't that what so many people cry out? Man, if there's just one person to say something nice to me today. But instead, they give me poison for food, and they offer me soured wine for my thirst. They're just completely against me. That's a terrible place to be, which is the exact opposite of shalom or being well. You see, Jesus talks about his goal and what God called him to do in Luke 4, 18. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he, God, has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He, God, has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He says, this is why God sent me. This is what I'm all about. I'm here for the ones who are brokenhearted. So not only is David saying that God is there each time your brokenness. Jesus says part of my entire mission of why God sent me here, why the Spirit of God even sent me here, is to be there for the brokenhearted. I want you to see this story now. This is one of my favorite stories. I have so many favorite stories, I know. But this is one of my favorites. Mark chapter 10. A blind man named Bartimaeus was sitting by the side of the road. And Jesus is walking by. And he's crying out to him. And he asks, Jesus, come. And Jesus walks over to him. And everybody can tell that he's blind. And Jesus in verse 51 says, what do you want me to do for you? He says, my rabbi, I want to see. Jesus says, go. For your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus. See, Jesus told him to go, whereas before he was sitting beside the road, and he was just sitting there, and he wasn't able to do anything. Like the guy at the pool at Bethesda, he couldn't go anywhere. He wasn't able to do anything. And Jesus isn't saying, go, like, leave me. He's like, get up. Your life has just changed. Get up. Go. And then he followed Jesus. See, what my goal, my, my cry, my heart's cry is that you find Jesus and you follow Jesus. That you don't still just sit by the side of your life and just let life happen. That you go and you follow Jesus down the road. God isn't moved by need. He didn't walk up and go, oh my gosh, I see this man that's by the side of the pool. Here, let me heal you. He didn't say to the blind man, oh my gosh, let's stop the presses. Let's get this guy to be able to see. He goes, what do you want? God's moved by faith. The same thing. Matthew 12. Jesus went into the synagogue again. I'm trying to hammer this nail really hard for you. Where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. So it's withered. 
And the, one, trade, one different place where he's talking the story, says it's his right hand. And, and I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that's like that, but usually they try and hide it because they're kind of embarrassed and they're kind of ashamed of, of what's going on. And, and Jesus is making a point to some of the, the people in the, in the synagogue and some of the religious people, and I'm going to like let all that go away. If you want to read that, you can go read it for yourself. But Jesus noticed this man with a withered hand. Verse 13, he said to the man, hold out your hand. And I love the fact that Jesus didn't specifically say which hand. He didn't say, bring me that which is withered. Give that to me. But what do most people do that's got something that they're kind of ashamed of? Don't they kind of hide it? Don't they reach out with their good, strong hand to try and get you? So when Jesus says, extend your hand. Wouldn't the most natural thing to be to give Jesus the good hand? To give that thing that Jesus, that you're, you're, like, this one's good, Jesus. I'll give you this one. I don't really want you to see this one. You see, he needed to be vulnerable. And he exposed to Jesus this thing that was withered. Jesus says, hold out your hand. And the man held out his hand and it was restored. Just like the other one. Now, what would have happened? We don't know, so I'm completely speculating. But what would have happened if he tried to hide that from Jesus and just gave Jesus his good hand? What do you think would have happened? See, what I think, he wouldn't have gotten healed. But isn't that you and me? Isn't there things that are missing and broken in our lives? And we try and say, Jesus, I, 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 I'm just going to show you what I think is good in my life. And, and I don't want you to even look at the thing that's withered. That thing that's missing or that thing is broken. In a minute, we're going to pray for those things that are missing and broken. We're going to pray that God turns those into nothing missing, nothing broken. Can I tell you that I'm, as a pastor, I'm part of a, a team of people that are looking for counseling, and, and it's not just for pastors, but it, it's for people who are wanting to be there for people. And, and, and the, the requests come in live, and I bet you I get 30 to 50 requests a day. Now, it's just a shout out to everybody to see who wants it, but it breaks my heart because you get just a brief description of what they're looking for, what their desperation is for. Can I tell you, there's tons of broken, hurting people. That there's things broken and missing in so many people's lives, and it may even be you this morning. 2.30 in the morning, I'll get an email. There's this person in your area. I'm thinking, what's going on at 2.30 in the morning that they were at the end of their rope, that they searched on the internet to find somebody that would help them? missing and broken have you been broken maybe it's not even on the outside but it's on the inside maybe it's due to untrue or unkind words that have been spoken to you maybe someone's talked about you maybe they they've come at you like david was talking about regardless of your hurt today jesus wants to heal you from the inside out Pastor Rod Parsley wrote this. He goes, I'm happy to report that because God created all three aspects of man, the spirit, the soul, and the body, he can and will fix whatever is wrong with anyone on the inside as well as on the outside. You bow your heads and close your eyes with me. My question this morning is, what's broken? 
what's missing. What's broken in your life or maybe even the life of someone in your family? I'm going to ask you to do something that is out of context for me. And I'm not going to embarrass anybody. There's not, it's just between you and God. But I'm asking you to take an extra step this week. We're going to talk about your relationship with God in a moment. But right now, we're talking about those things that are missing or broken. If that's you, as I'm talking about it, you can just feel your heart's like pounding inside. And you know that thing or you know someone that there is. And I'm almost certain that all of us know someone or there's something in or both. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if that's someone you. Now, we're going to keep being this anonymous. Nobody's looking around. But I'm going to ask you, if that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. Or if you know someone. If you're online, I want you to participate with us as well. Now I want you to fill out one of the prayer requests. You can keep it anonymous. You don't need to put your name on it. Don't put their name on it. Don't do anything. You don't even need to give the situations or the circumstances you can if you want to. You can just say an unspoken request. But let it be a point of contact. And I believe this morning, Jesus is sitting there going, extend your hand. Now, are you going to hide that thing that is broken or withered in your life? Are you going to trust Jesus and give it? It's none of my business. I don't care. But you need to extend it to Jesus. But before we pray for that, the first thing you need to bring to Jesus is you. I talked about a couple of weeks ago when I went to pray at the altar and, and, and as I'm down there at a revival, I felt God say, I want you. He wants all of us. If that's you today for the first time or maybe you say, I'm far from God. Maybe I, I, I got right with God last week and this week has just messed me up and all these things that have come against me. There's a whole lot broken, a whole lot missing and, and I need to come back to God again. Maybe you need to come back every week for a while. I don't know. That's not of my business. But you can this morning. Come to God for the first time or for another time. If that's you, I just want to help you with the prayer. We're not going to call you up front. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand for this one. This is for you to accept God into your life. I just want to help you with the words. If that's you this morning, just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. I give you my life, my hopes, and my future. I surrender it all to you. I come just as I am. I choose to follow you. I trust you to reveal to me every step from today forward and the best way I know how I'm going to live for you with all my heart today I give you my heart Father I now pray for all of those people that have recognized and identified there's something missing or broken in their lives or they know someone, a family member or a friend or a neighbor or a co-worker there's something missing and broken in them. God, we're putting a point of contact. And as you're asking us to stretch forth our hand, Lord, we're giving you this situation. God, I'm asking you for nothing broken and nothing missing. God, I'm asking you to turn the tables around. That shalom, that the peace of God, that there's wellness, there's soundness, there's completeness, there's health. 
Lord, I'm not even just asking for healing. I'm asking for help. The permanent solution. God, at the point of contact for everyone that's filling out that prayer request. God, I'm asking you to move in those situations. And today may be the beginning of a change that we see tomorrow, next week, maybe even next year, maybe even five years. But it began tonight, this afternoon, right now, whenever someone's listening to this. God, I'm asking you to transcend time and space and begin this work right now. We give this all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.